right, good morning. Man, I tell you what, worship this morning awakened the soul. I'm just, wasn't that good? Can we just thank the Lord? I was thinking to myself during that, the only thing I can do is mess that up. So I, so I promise I won't mess that up this morning. It's so good you're here. So glad you're at church this morning. I, I'm grateful that we're able to assemble together. Can somebody say amen that we're glad we can gather together? And I know, uh, I know a lot of people are still sick, and I just want to say to people watching online that we miss you, that we are praying for you, and we pray that soon your strength would recover and you're back in this room with us. Can we just say hello and welcome and let everybody know that we're praying for them online? I want you to turn in your Bible this morning to Luke chapter 15. As you're turning there, I want to remind you that today is Outreach Sunday. And what that means is we have given you opportunities in the lobby today to get involved, to get engaged, to put your feet on the ground and your hands in the soil and to do the work of ministry that God has called you to do. Now listen, New Life Church, you are a minister of the gospel. You are an ambassador of Christ. You're not called to sit in a gray chair on a Sunday morning and listen to a sermon. You're, that's part of what you're called to do. But your mission, your purpose, your design is, is orchestrated by God. You're, you've been given gifts in the womb of your mother, the Bible says. So you can't get rid of them. You can't ignore them forever. At some point, you're going to have to say yes to the calling that is on your life and go do what God's called you to do. And so that's why from time to time on a Sunday morning, we're going to give you opportunities to explore some of the ministries here at New Life Church and to go get involved. In fact, I want to encourage you. I know this is a big, big thing to ask from you, but I, 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 just, I just feel compelled to challenge you this morning. I would like every member of New Life Church that is able at some point to go on a global missions trip. I believe if you will go, you will come back radically changed. Now, it's going to require time. It's going to require some money that you need to set aside. But we're going to give you opportunities to go if you're willing to go. In fact, this week, I will be in El Salvador, and I will be in Honduras this week. And I'm there to teach and train and be with some pastors this week. Uh, I, I do this all the time. I have found a long time ago that if I will go, I come back a better pastor when I go. And so this week, you can pray for me. I'll be in El Salvador, San Salvador, El Salvador, the capital city there. And then I'll be in a large city. In fact, next Sunday, I'll be speaking at the largest church in, this, in the country of Honduras next Sunday. And I want you to pray that the Holy Spirit would use me to encourage and strengthen. I'm the first guest pastor at this church in two years because of COVID. And so I'm going to go in there to encourage them and strengthen them next Sunday, all right? All right, so before you leave today, go out in the lobby and get involved. That's the bottom line, all right? Are you in Luke chapter 15? Luke chapter 15. Now, we're in a series about who is God. And for several weeks, we're going to talk about God the Father, and then we're going to talk about Jesus, and then we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit make up what we call in the Christian faith the Trinity. And it's, and, and it's important to know who the Father is who Jesus is and who the Holy Spirit is in order for our faith to be complete, in order for us to really understand how to follow God, you have to know Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And so 
I'm going to tackle something today out of Luke chapter 15 that I have actually preached before. I've actually written a book on this particular passage because the book is called Sons and Daughters. And I've, I've preached out of Luke 15 several times, but I've not preached this message to you in, in a few years. And I believe this is one of the messages, one of the sermons that I need to preach to the church on a regular basis. It's that important. Because Jesus in Luke chapter 15 goes to incredible lengths to tell us who his father is, who the father is. What, what kind of person is God the father? And he tells in Luke chapter 15, three particular stories. He talks about the lost sheep. He talk, tells a story about a coin, a very valuable coin that had been lost. And then he tells us about a family. Now this is a messy family. In fact, most of us in this room are going to be able to relate to this dysfunctional family that Jesus is about to tell us about. And now we don't know all the details, it's a parable, so this is not a true story, it's a parable that Jesus uses. But the parable talks about a father, seemingly a single father, with two boys. And this father has done pretty well for himself. He's a wealthy man, he's, uh, he's worked hard, he has a farm, he has, he has cattle, he has a house, we know that, which makes him a wealthy man 2,000 years ago. And he, and he talks about these two boys and the, the decisions that both of these boys are about to make. And as these boys make these decisions, the nature of God the Father is about to be revealed to us. So can we pray today that our eyes would be opened, that we would leave here today seeing God the Father, maybe in a way you've never seen him before. Will you be okay with that? If, if that were to happen today, that you could see God better and differently? So Father, we welcome you. We welcome the work of the Holy Spirit. We thank you for Jesus. And we thank you today for the Father in heaven that loves us, who's waiting for us, who's longing for us, and who sees us. And we ask today that as we read these scriptures that they would come alive to us. And we ask it in your name, amen. All right, Luke chapter 15, verse 11. We're gonna start reading there. Jesus continued, he says, there was a man who had two sons and the younger one said to his father, Father, I don't wanna live here anymore. I don't care about you. I don't care about the fact that you're old. I don't care about the fact that your days are numbered. Give me my share of the estate. And so he divided his property between them. You can imagine the sad day that, that this is, that the father realizes he has to give up his inheritance to his two boys. And he says, not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and he set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth, a lot of money, squandered his wealth in wild living. Now I wanna pause here just for a moment to understand how broken and messy this decision is. Because a lot of times people want to know that God the Father loves us when things are going well. It's easy, in fact, when you've had a couple of good days in a row, come on, you remember those couple of good days you've had in a row, to wake up and imagine that God is really happy with you. God's really proud of you. God's patting you on the back for being righteous and holy for the last 48 hours. That's easy. But when you've had a messy 48 hours, when you've made a series of bad decisions for the last 48 hours, can you then believe that the Father still likes you, cares about you? And, and really asking for his inheritance early 
was basically telling his dad, I wish you were dead. Now, I don't know if you've been around angry, messy, broken, dysfunctional families, but this is the kind of stuff that happens in homes that are broken and dysfunctional and messy. Something has gone wrong in the, the son's heart toward his father. So much so that he doesn't want to be around dad, doesn't care about his dad. Pick it up in verse 14. And after he had spent everything, spent all the money that his dad had given him, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in Need. Now, this is the last thing any parent in the house wants for their grown children. And I realize today that we're talking about a sensitive topic. I have a 23-year-old, a 21-year-old, and thanks be to the Lord, they're, neither one of them are prodigals. They both are in church. They both love me for the most part. They like me at least, and we have good relationship. I was the prodigal. I told you this story two, a, a week or so ago that I know the story of the prodigal son because I lived it out. I'm not proud of that. I wish, in fact, I wish I had the testimony of my children. It's not a badge of honor that I wear. It's, it's actually, I'm grateful that the Lord rescued me from this. But we don't want, uh, there are some parents in the room today whose children or grandchildren are away from the Lord. And they might be struggling today. In fact, I've, I just heard from a friend of mine. He said that my child was raised in the church I, they heard the good news of the gospel. We lived a life of holiness and godliness in front of them as best we can. But this child now is away from them and is struggling with alcohol and drugs. And, and, and quite honestly, the parents don't know what condition they're living in. That is the most horrific thing I can think of as a parent to not know what's happening with your kids. And I want you to understand there are some of you that are living that out right now. And I want this story to greatly encourage you that even though you can't fix the problem, there is a God, just as we just talked about out of Genesis 16, a God that sees them, a God that knows them, and a God who is active. Listen very carefully. There is a God in heaven who is active on their behalf. He's active. He's not passive. He's an active God. So listen to this story. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. Now you can now remember Jesus is talking about a Jewish family to a Jewish audience. And the Jewish audience, when they heard this, there was probably an audible gasp. Are you kidding me? That's the most unkosher job you could have as a young Jewish boy. Not only did this Jewish boy squander his wealth, his dad had set him up for success, but because of his own choices, this son now finds him at the lowest point of his life. And listen, parents, sometimes our kids have to get to the lowest points of their life to find God. In verse 16, he says, he longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. In fact, this young boy right now finds himself in a very lonely place. And I, I said this a few weeks ago, and I wanna say it again, that loneliness really is the pandemic of our, of our time right now. And this is what happens. And you need to realize what's happening in our culture right now, because what I just read is actually happening all across our culture. Loneliness happens when we believe that we have nothing in common with other people. 
That's actually the essence of loneliness. You actually can sit in a big crowd of people like this and be, feel very lonely. So loneliness is not cured by the nearness of people. And loneliness is cured when you believe you have something in common with the people you're around. And here's this boy who realized he had nothing in common with the people around him. He had nothing in common, obviously, with the pigs. He was separated from his family, so he finds himself in a place of excruciating loneliness. And some of you walked in here today and you're wondering, do I fit in here? And I wanna encourage you, listen, there are people, that, what I love about New Life Church is how diverse our stories are. There's certainly probably people around you that have had great stories. They were raised in godly homes, they had good parents, they made good choices, they, they, they have established their own family now, they're flourishing, they're doing well, and their story is exactly the story I wish all of us had. But there are also people probably sitting within 20 feet of you, 30 yards of you, whose stories are messy and broken and dark. They, at some point in their lives, found themselves destitute, alone, troubled, broken, messy, maybe even in prison, incarcerated. There's a lot of that. So you have that both kinds of stories sitting very close to you right now. What we have in common is somewhere along the way, we bumped into and discovered the grace and the goodness of Jesus. That's what we have in common. So all the good people in the room, you needed grace and you found it. All the good people say amen. <laughs> they don't want to say it because they're humble about it like that, all right? All the broken people in the room, at some point you bumped into and discovered the goodness and the grace of the Lord. All the broken people say amen. Amen? <laughs> There's a lot more of them. That should encourage you in this room. There's a lot of broken people. Now I want you to see here, what I love about this particular story is we actually see Father, Son, Holy Spirit in this story. Now it's easy to spot the work of the Father in this story, and of course Jesus is telling the story, but where do we see the work of the Spirit? Well, we see it in verse 17. It says, when he came to his senses. Now all the parents in the room, listen very carefully. This is how you pray over your prodigal. You cannot argue or debate your child back into the faith. If you have a child or a grandchild that's drifted away from their faith, you can't argue with them. You can't debate your way back into their life. What you have to pray is that the Holy Spirit at some point will arrest them, will consume them, that their eyes, the Bible says a veil comes over their face. They can't even see the truth because something is hiding the truth from them. But Paul said when he prayed for lost people, he prayed that the veil would be lifted, that their eyes would see again the goodness of Jesus. Listen, no one, listen very carefully, no one comes to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit leads them. I, I want you to catch that one more time, okay? Because I don't know if you caught that. No one comes to Jesus unless the Holy Spirit leads them to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. The best soul winner on the planet is the Holy Spirit. That's why you pray the Holy Spirit over your children. 
That's why when my kids were growing up and I would lay my hands on them, and some of you have little kids right now that still don't mind you laying hands on them. If you got young kids, start tonight and pray this every night over them. Father, thank you for this child, and I pray that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit a thousand, thousand times over Abram and Callie, especially when they were little, I laid my hands on them as they went to bed and I said, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, why would I pray that? Because I knew at some point the enemy was going to try to trick them and deceive them and cause them to drift away. But in the moment of deception, I believed that they were gonna be clear-eyed by the work of the Holy Spirit. Are you catching the story today, okay? When they came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I'm hungry. So he gets up and the father's prayers are about to be answered. He, he said, I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. In other words, he starts rehearsing his prayers. How many of you, when you got in trouble with your parents, rehearsed a speech on the way home? Come on, you got good at it. You knew when to quiver, you knew when to cry. You, you rehearsed it. You became a, an Academy Award-winning actor on your way home. <laughs> I'm gonna go back to my father, and here's what I'm gonna say. I know what he wants to hear. See, what he thought he was saying is what he thought his father wanted to hear. I've sinned against heaven and against you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. I'm willing to settle now. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up with the rehearsed speech and he went to his father. Now, who's telling the story? Who's telling the story? Jesus, the son, is telling us a story about the father. Now, what I want you to see in this is we've all made foolish choices. Amen? Some of you made foolish choices this week. And, and listen, there's no embarrassment or shame about that. The human nature is inherently flawed. We're all broken. At the core of the human nature is not goodness. I don't care what you've read this week, what you've heard on television this week. I've come to tell you the truth. Human nature is broken and flawed. That's why we need redemption. That's why all of us need salvation. You can't be good enough to be good. I can't be gooder. No matter how good you are, it's not good enough. That's why we need help. We need a savior. That's why we need Christ in our lives. And we've, most of us, many of us, we've all had to return to our senses. Can you remember a moment recently where you thought you had it figured out and suddenly, by an impulse of the Holy Spirit, you were awakened to another idea. Anybody had that moment this week where you've come to your senses? And most of us have had pig pen moments where you have found yourself at the lowest of the low. In fact, I can, I can think of several times in my life where I've had pig pen moments and I thought to myself, I was raised better than this. I know better than this. 
I was told that this was wrong. I was told that this would what, what happened. In fact, Tim, Tim Shepard and I, Pastor Tim and I were talking in the green room before I came out here and I said to him, you know, our parents get smarter as we get older. Think about how smart your parents are now and how foolish you thought your parents were 30 years ago, but now your mom and dad seem pretty smart. Well, I've got good news today. And I want you, this is actually the whole point of this message today I'm about to tell you. The Father always, the Father's always glad to see us. So New Life Church and all of you watching online, you may think that God is angry with you, that God has put his hands out against you, that God's no longer interested in you. I have good news for you and this will not change from now until the end of all time. The Father's always glad to see us. No matter what condition you arrive, no matter how you arrive home, he's glad you're home. So I'm gonna show you this story. Now, this is the essence of the whole story. Luke 15, he says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him. Now, stop here for a moment. Why did the father see him while he was a long way off? Because he was looking for him. He was anticipating his arrival. And his father saw him and was, listen to this, this is so important. Jesus is telling us this about his father. Not only did he see him, but he was filled with compassion for him. And then he says he ran to his son. Now this is totally outside the bounds of societal norms during this time. This man was an elder, an older man. He owned land. He would have been considered one of the elders at the city gates. And according to Jewish tradition, these elderly men would sit at the city gates. And if you had a dispute, if you needed wisdom or advice, then you would come to the city gates and these elderly men would give you advice if you needed it. That's a beautiful thing. These elderly men didn't run to you. You came to them. But in this story, Jesus turns it upside down because when the father sees the son whom he loves, he ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Now, I don't know about you, but this son was not in the best condition. He had been working in a pig pen. He had been on a long, sweaty journey home. B.O. was a problem. Serious B.O. that Jesus fails to tell you about in this story, but you can imagine. And even in that condition, the father wraps his arms around him and kisses him. And the son goes right into the rehearsed speech. Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now, in essence, what the son was saying, he says, the son had given up on ever being accepted back into the family. He was willing to come back at a lower position than he originally had left. He was willing to settle for slavery because he really had messed up too badly, quite honestly. He had messed up. I mean, he had, he had really insulted his father on the way out. Dad, I'm not coming home for your funeral. Hope you have a good death. I don't need you. I just need your money. I don't need your relationship. I mean, this is, a, this is an arrogant knucklehead. 
This is a young guy that needed punishment, quite honestly. But what the son discovered was, and what we need to discover, is that we're actually worth more than we think. You're actually worth more to God than you think. So let me read this to you. But the father doesn't even address the rehearsed speech, doesn't acknowledge it, doesn't respond to it. The father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have, let's get the Traeger out and have a feast. Let's smoke some meat. This is why this is very biblical, to smoke meat at your house. I'm sorry for all the vegetarians, but Jesus, Jesus ate meat. You do whatever you want, but I'm following Jesus. All right, I'll get a couple of emails about that. Right. And listen to this, verse 24. Before I get in any more trouble, let me get back to the Bible here, okay? For this, for this son of mine was dead, but he's alive again. Listen, all the parents in the room praying for your prodigal, I know you think that they will never change, that it's too far gone. And maybe you even think their spiritual life is dead and they'll never live again. Let me just say something. God... We just sang, I think, more than one song this morning, crying out, proclaiming the resurrection good news of Jesus. And if Jesus can come out of the grave, so can your prodigal. If Jesus can come out of the grave, so can your prodigal. He was lost and he is found. And they begin to celebrate. And I want you to notice the three things that he was given. He was given a robe because you can come home barren. He was given a ring so you can come home broke. The ring was a symbol of his wealth. The, the ring represented buying power in the community. And he was given sandals because you can come home bruised. If you're barren or you're broke or you are bruised, you can still come home. This is why Jesus is telling us about the Father. There's a robe and a ring and a sandals waiting for the barren and the broken and the bruised to come home. This is actually one of the best things I can tell you about God the Father today. Who is this God the Father? He's a God that's waiting for all of us to come home. But there's another son in the story. It's the good son who stayed home. But it turns out he was just as lost as his brothers. He didn't leave dad, he just never knew dad. I'm gonna show this to you in verse 25. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field doing work, busy, doing good stuff. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. And so he called one of the servants and he asked, what's going on? Well, your brother has come home. You know, the one we've been praying for every night. So he called one of the servants and said, what's going on? He says, your brother has come, verse 27. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. And listen to this, instead of the older brother going, oh my gosh, our prayers have been answered. Where's my brother running? Notice that he reacts differently than the father. Remember when the father sees the younger son coming home, the father runs toward him, wraps his arms around him, blesses him, 
a robe, a ring, sandals, blesses him, calls him son, my son. This son of mine who I thought was dead is alive again. But the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him and he said, Father, look, and this is one of the biggest lies that he's ever taken. Look, Father, all these years, I've been, read this word with me, slaving for you, and <laughs> this is a lie, and I've never disobeyed your orders. I've always done what you've said. Yet you never even gave me a young goat so I could celebrate with my friend because apparently a goat was not as big a deal as a calf. Calf was more expensive meat. Goat was a lesser meat. But when this son of yours, notice the language here, when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Now look at the dad. The dad says, my son, you're always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again, he is lost, but he's now found. Listen, New Life Church, it's possible to live in a house without it ever feeling like home. It's possible to grow up in church, memorize the books of the Bible, know all the Sunday school scriptures, know all the stories of the Bible, own multiple Bibles, come to all the camps, the cruise, everything the church offers, and go through life doing religious things without ever discovering God as Father. Notice that both sons had missed out on the real idea of God the Father. The, the, the ugly, rebellious, sinful, nasty young guy, he didn't know it. The churchy, religious, perfect young man did not know God the Father. The son was obedient, doing all the right things, but he never knew his father as dad. Now look at this, look at the, the language he uses, this son of yours, instead of my brother. This son of yours, not my brother. So New Life Church, let me just tell you why I'm sharing this today. The Father in heaven is about to make a call over El Paso County. And he's about to call a bunch of prodigals home. And they're gonna come into this room and they're gonna look around wondering, will they be accepted? Will they be loved? Will they be, will they be welcomed by you and by us? And we have to make a fundamental choice ahead of time that we're going to welcome very messy people into our church. We're not a museum for saints. We're a hospital for sinners. And so New Life Church, this story tells you if we're going to reflect God the Father, if we're going to be ambassadors of God the Father, then we have to make up our mind right now that people who voted differently, who look differently, who act differently, who have different skin colors than us, when they walk into this room and they're looking for the same grace that we have found, will we reject them or will we celebrate with them? And I choose today 
to celebrate every salvation that is about to happen in El Paso County. And I celebrate every single person that the Father is about to bring here because this is the house of the Lord and this is the family where they belong. You say amen to that? Stand up with me this morning. I am so grateful to belong to a church that loves lost people. You're gonna hear me, I, I have always, from the time that the Lord called me into ministry, have had a zeal, a compassion for people coming to Christ. And the whole reason I'm preaching on Father, Son, and Holy Spirit is I'm trying to introduce El Paso County to Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'm asking you to participate with me by bringing people. I heard a great story this week of a, of a, a family. They're brand new to the faith. They're here at New Life Church and they are, they're brand new, and they are so excited about, they've never heard a sermon series on Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so for those of you that have been around Jesus and around following the Lord for 30 or 40 years, I'm praying this would awaken a new passion in us for who he is. And just know that I believe a harvest is coming. I've said this over, the year 2022 will be a year of harvest here. And can we just pray that right now? Can we pray for families who are wrestling with prodigals? I can tell you that there, there, there's a family not far from where you're sitting right now whose hearts are broken because their children are not following the Lord. I promise you that's true. I'm looking around the room and I know a lot of your stories. So can we just agree right now that prodigals are gonna come home? Let's just take a moment and pray for prodigals. Father, you see them and you know them and by the power of your spirit, they're going to come to their senses and they're going to get up and they're gonna start walking toward the Father. And I pray today that we would be like the Father in this story, that while they're a long way off, that we would run to them, that we would embrace them and welcome them. And Father, today I pray that we would all be so thankful for the grace that you've given us. If you're in the room today and you, when you read that story, maybe you found yourself as the older son, wondering, could I really welcome people that are that much different than me? Can you just ask the Lord to give you a tender heart right now for the lost, your neighbors, your people you're working with, the people that are aggravating you? Can you ask the Lord today for a new compassion for people who are not following Jesus? Come on, can we just ask the Lord? Lord, give us compassion. Give us a tender heart toward people that are a long way away from God. Lord, we, we, we are not their judge. You're, we're called to love them and pray for them and be a witness to them. And Lord, we leave the rest of it to you. So Lord, I thank you that you're the one who will gather people into your family. You're the one who calls people to salvation. And Lord, we're the ones who come around and serve and love and bless. And I pray that this house would be a house of welcome, a house of receiving, a house of healing. And Father, today as we come to the table of the Lord, I pray that we would be reminded of how much grace we needed so that when it's time to give grace to other people, 
that we would freely, joyfully, willingly give away the abundance of grace that we've received. And we pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's sing this song. Let this song be a prayer, a song of worship. And in just a few minutes, we're going to come to the table of the Lord. Let's sing together.
have your communion elements, you can go ahead and open them up. And if you can, just receive this good news today. Brothers and sisters, that the good news of the gospel is not that God simply just gives us a robe or a ring or sandals, but the good news of the gospel is that he chooses to give us himself. And that's why we come to the table of the Lord. We're reminded that our redemption, our new life, our good news rests solely in the body and the blood and the finished work of Jesus Christ. And so on the night that our beloved Savior was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body which is broken for you. I have come running for you. I desire relationship with you. I have made a way for you. Every time you take this, do it in remembrance of me. Brothers and sisters, these are the gifts of God given for the people of God. Let's take the bread together. likewise, our beloved Savior took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant poured out in my blood. Every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. Everything that you are carrying with you coming in from feeding pigs, I've come to wash you and make you clean. Brothers and sisters, let us take the cup together. Come on, let's sing this chorus one more time in Thanksgiving. Can we lift a shout of praise this morning? Yeah. Oh, hey, it has been such a gift to worship with you today. Do not forget, today is Outreach Sunday. As Pastor Brady said, there are plenty of opportunities out in the lobby. If you want to, you or your family want to plug in, whether it's visiting prison ministry, an elder home, a global mission trip, or connecting with first-time visitors here at New Life Church, just pick one. We want you to come and participate. I wanna go ahead and invite our prayer ministry team to go ahead and come down here. If you're new with us today, we are so happy that you came. We'd love to meet you in Connect Central right outside these doors towards those TVs right after the service. Can you open your hands with me one more time this service as I leave you with the benediction. Brothers and sisters, may the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. 
As you go from this place, may he lift his bright, smiling countenance towards you and grant you peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Please go in God's grace, mercy, peace be with you.